Well, welcome to Church Online today. Hey, Church fam. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Church Online. Well, welcome, everyone, to Church Welcome to our online worship experience at Parramatta Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here and are choosing to engage with us in this way. Uh, we just want to say as a pastoral team how much we love each of you, uh, how much we're praying for you, and how much we're really going to miss seeing you every Sunday. Uh, but for the next little while, this is how church services are going to happen. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us at Parramatta Baptist Church Online. This weekend marks six months since we first went online with our services. I just want to thank you all for tuning in and being part of this. Thank you also to everybody who's been involved in recording and editing and being part of these services. It's been greatly appreciated. Thank you also to those who have opened up their homes and invited people into their homes to engage with church online together. And thank you also to those people who have committed themselves to come along to our gatherings at Klein's Road. It's been a great way to connect with one another, but also a really important way of allowing newcomers to join into the life of Parramatta Baptist Church. Uh, Well done and thank you to the Kids Church team and also to the PBC Youth team for the way in which each week you've resourced families, young people and children uh, to do church online. And thank you also to everybody who has financially uh, committed themselves to Parramatta Baptist Church and your generosity has enabled us throughout this time with its additional complexity and additional costs to continue doing what we're doing. So thank you. It's very, very much appreciated. Marking six months, we've got a few things that are a little bit different today. And right now, I'm going to hand over uh, to just a number of people from the life of Parramatta Baptist Church who are going to just share a little bit about what's been happening for them. Hello, everybody. I'm Sonali, and I usually show up at the 10.45 morning service on a Sunday. Um, What have I missed? I think I've missed the physical hugs and kisses. Um, being a touchy-feely person and connecting in that way. So I really miss seeing um, my friends and just hugging and kissing everybody and and perhaps even welcoming at the door, which I enjoy doing. Um, The way in which my faith has grown is that COVID has created space and it's taken away some of the structural rituals that define our life. And in that space, I find I have been able to be more vulnerable with God and bring to him desires of my heart and needs that actually have been quite buried and put away. But for some reason, this space has created an opening to bring them afresh to him. And in that way, I have grown a lot. And I'm sitting in an uncomfortably vulnerable place. That's okay. So hi, everyone. My name is Martin Burrows. Uh, my wife Maureen and I usually go to the 8.45 service. The thing I've missed in the last six months, I think there's something really special about the gathered people of God, like a kind of holy convocation. I, I've really missed that. Uh, in terms of how I've grown, I've been really encouraged by finding a new freedom in speaking one-to-one with people, Um, about the Lord, encouraging them in in their walk with Jesus. And I've been really helped by that through, first of all, the BDM, Bible Discovery Method, and also from the Life in the Spirit course. So thanks, guys, for those things. Hi, my name is Morel. I'm usually at the 5.30 service. Um, I've really 
missed worship, worshipping with everyone, being able to sing loud, as loud as I want and off key. Um, and I've grown by being more transparent, I think, um, in my love and care for others and in having them in my home. Hey everyone, I'm Tim um, and my wife and I normally attend the 5.30 sessions on a Sunday night um, and I've missed the fellowship of meeting up with Christians at church. Um, I think that we're made to be relational people and I think that online church and Zooms uh, in our Bible study are a good thing but I find that they're you miss out on doing life with each other. And I thought that I was an introvert and it turns out that I'm not so much. So yeah, I've really missed seeing friends and making friends and yeah, being around people. Um, and a way that we've grown in our faith um, is that because we can't meet in person or haven't been able to meet in person, um, we've really taken in um, the idea of, sitting and listening and seeing who it is that God wants us to pray for. And even though we can't pray for someone in person, um, yeah, whenever that might be, we'll, um, <laughs> we'll just, yeah, pray for whoever it is that God puts on our heart. So, yeah. Hi, I'm Katie. Uh, I attend the 845 service. Um, and as a single person who lives alone, I just really miss people. Um, and I think more specifically, uh, I hit a, a really difficult season coming into, uh, Birch. Um, and I, I then realized how much more hard it was to ask for help when I wasn't actually physically there to see people to seek that. So that's what I really missed. Um, and I think I, I've learned a lot that I didn't want to learn in my faith over this past six months. Um, and I don't like any of the lessons, like sitting in uncomfortable emotions and accepting the gray are not things I like doing. Um, but I, it's really taught me, taught me the importance of maintaining my spiritual rhythms, even when I don't feel good. And even when I don't feel God, that there is protection from spiritual attack in those practices. Hi, I'm Alison. When I'm in Sydney, I go to the 1045 and all the 530 service. I've been away, so I always miss PBC. But actually, since PBC's been online, I've had more connection with people and I've seen more people than I normally would. So that's been great. However, everything's changed in this last six months. I've moved back to Australia. And so I have learned again how faithful our father is in helping me pack up and say goodbye to um, another home and to has been faithful in all of those little and big and small decisions about how to how to leave and when and timing all of those things father again has been faithful in that hi i'm paul um Normally, I'm at the 1045 service and the 530 service regularly-ish. Um, the things that I think I've missed most about church is just being together um, as the people of God and worshipping and hearing from the word and um, enjoying together communally what God's doing and not being quite sure what he might be going to do that um, doesn't have the sanitised version that kind of goes live online. Um, and the things God's been doing... Um, I'm, I'm loving my Sunday morning routine, 
just quietly. Um, I'm enjoying um, doing church in pajamas with breakfast. That's awesome. Um, but more so, God has been using like the extra space that COVID has um, thrust upon us. Um, and I've been on this journey um, that has changed my approach to prayer and the way that I pray and the kind of things that I pray for and the kind of things that are coming about because of that. Um, it's really exciting. Um, I can't wait to be in a position to be able to share a bit more about that with people um, as, as COVID permits. In Hebrews 10, we're called to persevere in faith. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. That passage speaks of the full access that we have to God, the full assurance that we have in God and the full forgiveness that we have through what Jesus Christ has done for us. Let's speak and sing of those truths now.
Well, it's been six months since we've been able to meet together as a church in a large gathering. And I wonder if at times you've found various ones from our PVC family have come to mind and you've wondered how they're going. Have you found ways to reach out and check in on them? I hope so, because there are so many ways that we can connect with one another through technology. You know, I've been so conscious through this time that my nana was 18 years old when the last pandemic swept through the world. And so I grew up hearing her stories of her concern for her family and friends through that time. And yet she was unable to reach out and care for them. I think, you know, the the complete lack of technology a hundred years ago must have felt really isolating. We are so blessed to live in an era of instant communication. But can I be really frank with you? 
I believe that one of the temptations that we face through this COVID time is for our worlds to shrink and for, for us to be sucked into the individualistic narrative of our culture that would just have us focus on me and mine. The narrative that says, you know, I'm quite happy doing church by myself. I actually don't feel the need to connect with others because I'm fine. God and I are good. The problem is Jesus' narrative for what it means to be a disciple doesn't allow for an individualistic approach to our faith. Jesus' teaching and example actually looked more like this. That a disciple fosters their relationship with God, and we've called that communion. They foster their relationship with other believers, we've called that community. And they also foster their relationship and seek to share Jesus with those who don't know him, mission. And so as we come to 1 Thessalonians today, I believe that it is so timely for us as we hit our six-month mark of not meeting together because it's a reminder for us not to do the subtle slide into individualism, but to find ways to do this community part of being a disciple, to live our faith and mission with one another. Before David brings us the Bible reading, let let me just quickly um, give you the, the context for this passage. So Paul has spent some time in a city called Thessalonica and he's shared his, the gospel there with, with people of peace and a number of them have come to faith in Christ. Problem was there were some Jews in the city. They rise up um, in, in jealousy according to Acts. And so they rally some thugs who, who come against and oppose Paul and Silas who get run out of the city. Paul eventually makes his way to Athens. And um, meanwhile, he has no way of knowing whether the believers in Thessalonica are also facing persecution and whether they're going okay or not. And so finally, he sends um, a third partner in the gospel, Timothy, to take the long journey out down there to find out. And so when Thessalonians is written, Timothy has returned with good news. And the passage that we're about to read is part of a letter that Paul writes back to the Thessalonians in response to what Timothy has reported. As David reads this section of Paul's letter, I want you to listen for the ways that Paul expresses his relationship with the Thessalonian believers. Because after reading this, I'm just going to ask that you pause and chat together about what you observe. How does Paul express his relationship with the Thessalonians? Uh, Good morning, PBC. Today's Bible reading is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17, through chapter 3, verse 13. But brothers, when we were torn away from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, We made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did, again and again, but Satan stopped us. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to let be by ourselves in Athens, We sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker, who is spreading the gospel of Christ to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. You know quite well that we were destined for them. 
In fact, when we were with you, we kept telling you that we would be persecuted. And it turned out that way, as you well know. For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter might have tempted you, and our efforts might have been useless. But Timothy has just now come to us from you, and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you have always had pleasant memories of us, and that you long to see us, just as we long to see you. Therefore, brothers, in all our distress and persecution, we are encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you, in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all these holy ones. This is the word of the Lord. You know, Paul really acts as a role model for us in what it looks like for us to be in community with other believers, even though we can't physically be together. Now, I observe four things about Paul. Firstly, we see that Paul invests emotionally. I mean, did you pick up on the family language that he uses? He calls them brothers and sisters. I mean, these aren't just people he met on a mission trip or people he did ministry among. He goes on to use an even stronger word when, when he speaks of um, being orphaned by being separated from them. And the Greek word for orphaned, um, well, in, in our language, orphan is usually a person, um, a child who's deprived of their parents or doesn't have parents. But the Greek word for orphan can also refer to the parents who are deprived of their children, which is probably what Paul is referring to here. But either way, you know, it's, this is really strong language for how Paul feels about being separated from them. I wonder if you've ever been with a parent who's separated from their children. For a number of years, we've shared our ministry space at PBC with Horizons Family Law. And just every now and again, I've found myself sitting with a parent who is facing the prospect of being deprived of access to their children. And I have to say, their pain is palpable. When Paul speaks of being orphaned from the Thessalonians, it's the pain of separation because he has invested himself emotionally in them. He loves them and cares for them. And so he says, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you. And, you know, I reckon it should cause us to reflect on how we feel about being separated from one another during this COVID time. And perhaps our answer to that may indicate the extent to which we have invested emotionally in one another. Do we care how others are going? Is their faith holding up? Are they still walking with the Lord? I've been profoundly encouraged by our PBC youth pastors over the past six months because I have heard from each of them the kind of heart that Paul is expressing here. 
you know, when, when our youth pastors hear that our young people are doing well in their faith, I have to say they genuinely celebrate. More recently, Ben Sterland, and he's given me permission to share this, he spoke about his concern for some of our year five and sixes who he hasn't seen this term and how he planned to call each of them. But he also admitted that making those kinds of calls is new for him and quite frankly, it's out of his comfort zone. But clearly his heart for those young people was such that it would compel him to do whatever was needed in order to make sure they're okay. And that's what Paul does. He goes out of his way to make sure the Thessalonians are okay. And this is my second observation for what it looks like to be in community with others. And that is that we go out of our way to look out for one another. Paul desperately wanted to go to the Thessalonians himself, but he was unable to. And so he says, when I could stand it no longer, we sent Timothy to you. And sending Timothy was a a risk. You know, if persecution had ramped up in Thessalonica, this might put Timothy in danger. But the spiritual welfare of the Thessalonians mattered more. So many at PBC sacrifice your needs to look out for others. And I want to say thank you and to encourage you. Keep doing that. But I also want to challenge those who um, perhaps feel a bit shy about doing that or, or perhaps you're more comfortable in the, the space of mm, my needs first. I challenge you to, to reach out to others from our PBC family, to care to encourage, even just to say hi. Ask how they're going in their faith. Ask how you can be praying for them. Ben Sterland, I want to say thank you for being a role model to us at PBC. May each of us follow with courage and the kind of sacrifice that checks in with others, even if we feel a bit awkward about doing it. The third observation for what it looks like to be in community is celebration and vigilance. When Timothy comes back with the good news that that the Thessalonians have not only held on to their belief in Jesus, but they have withstood persecution. They're evidencing their faith by, by their love for others and their longing to see Paul and Silas. Paul is so encouraged I know when I hear encouraging stories of of what the Lord is doing in different people's lives in our church, it makes my day. Like seriously, I do this little internal happy dance. I reckon when Timothy returns with good news, Paul, I reckon he does the happy dance. He says, now we really live since you are standing firm in the Lord. He says, how can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we have in the presence of God because of you? And so again, we have this picture of what being in community looks like for Paul. He genuinely cares about how others are going. The day before I wrote this message, I I received an email from one of our Year 12 students and she's given me permission to share this story as well. So we hadn't seen her or heard from her in quite a while, even before COVID as well. And um, we haven't known how she was going, whether she was still going on in her faith. But then out of the blue, like literally the day before I'm writing this message, I received an email from her and she says, hey, 
I'm hoping to do a gap year at Bible college next year. And I have to say, I was so chuffed. You know, I just felt like the Lord gave me a taste of how Paul must have felt in preparation for writing this message. Some of us may be able to relate entirely to Paul's sense of celebration when others are doing well in their faith. For others of us, it may be right now that that's not your experience. And if that's the case, maybe just take some time through this week to honestly reflect on who am I investing into at present? Who am I encouraging in the faith? And if you're not sure, ask the Lord who he might have you come alongside going forward. You know, it might start with something as simple as an invitation for a meal or a coffee. It could be that you, you know, you just call them up or you send a message. It might be doing Bible discovery method with someone that God puts on your heart. Or checking out opportunities to, um, to serve in a ministry and to come alongside individuals through that. Or even to become a prayer partner for one of our ministries or a missionary. You know, the, the reality is for us to be emotionally invested, we actually have to invest in what the Lord is doing in others' lives. So follow the Lord's leading in that. But if you're a bit stuck, please get in touch with us and we might be able to help you make some connections. So I said the third observation of what it means to be in community is celebration, but it's also vigilance. And this is about watching each other's backs. A couple of times, Paul, in this section of his letter, mentions the work of Satan, who would seek to bring down God's work in a believer's life. Initially, he said it was Satan blocking his way from being able to visit them. A bit later, he was said, I was, I was afraid that the tempter may have tempted you, that persecution might have become too much and that they may have given up on their faith. It's important for us to remember that there is a spiritual battle for ours and others' spiritual lives. Satan would seek to discourage, tempt and accuse us if he can. He would have us walk away from our faith and bring destruction to our lives if he can do it. And one of the biggest tactics that he uses to undermine believers is to isolate them. We are more vulnerable when we're alone. Strength comes from being in community with others and watching each other's backs. Let's remember to not only celebrate what God is doing in another's life, but also to watch the backs of others, to pray protection for them. Which segues nicely into the fourth and final observation of what it means to be in community, and that is to earnestly pray for others. Why don't you pause at this point and just look at Paul's prayer in verses 10 to 13. Just have a chat about What does Paul pray for and why do you think he prays those things? My experience of praying for others in our church is that prayer always grows my heart for them. 
When I pray, I start to engage emotionally. Suddenly I care about what's happening in their lives. I anticipate updates. I celebrate victories. It causes me to engage. I think it's good for us just from time to time just to take stock and just ask ourselves, who am I investing into at present by praying regularly for them? As we finish... Just let me summarise this really timely challenge coming out of 1 Thessalonians today. And it really boils down to this. How am I engaging in community with others in our PBC family right now, even though we can't physically meet in large gatherings? As we look at Paul's example with the Thessalonians, these are some of the questions and challenges that it raises for us. Do I care? about how others in our PBC family are going? In what ways could I seek to build them up? Am I close enough with people to to celebrate wins and to watch back? So do I need to reposition myself to be back a little bit further in community going forward? And who am I praying for? In a church our size, of course, it's not possible to care for everyone. But each of us, no matter how young or old, should be able to name, these are the people that I'm investing into, celebrating with, watching out for and praying for. May we never buy the lie of individualism that being a disciple is just between me and God. He has called each of us into community. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I want to thank you for the gift of your church, that you have united us as brothers and sisters. Thank you for the many different ways that we can encourage one another and build one another up. Lord, as COVID continues, I pray for any who are walking in isolation from other believers. Lord, I know each person's situation is different, but would you show each one of us ways that you would have us come alongside others? In Jesus' name, amen. In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from the throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt praise the Redeem.
Thank you, Cathy, for the reminder of what it means to be community together. We engage not only with God, but we engage spiritually and relationally with one another as well, uh, connecting with one another, caring for one another, praying for one another. Remember that if you wish to meet with other Christians and watch church online, there are opportunities to do so both in smaller house gatherings, but also in our gatherings at Clines Road at Northmead. Uh, We're meeting at 8.45am as well as 5.30pm and you are really welcome to join us there. And if you would like to find out more about what's happening in the life of Parramatta Baptist Church, the best way to do so is by receiving our weekly e-newsletter. You can receive that simply by shooting us an email. Thank you very much for joining us today. God bless.